What is up, Steelers Nation? Thank you so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. I'm Noah Strackbine, joined always by my main man, Stephen Thompson. Find us on YouTube.com slash All Steelers Talk and subscribe anywhere you get your podcast today. The headlines are, uh, they're flying, and they are as interesting as they come as we approach week one of the NFL season. College football kicks off last night really kicks off tomorrow it's been it's a great weekend for it any is. football fan out there and it's about to get better it's a beautiful day in the berg how you feeling my friend i'm feeling very good uh my favorite college football team the yukon huskies did me nice. right last night covered 14 and a half big nice. part of the big part of the parlay so i i'm starting football season a winner you know i i struck out on the week zero stuff last weekend but you can you know that's the preseason that's a yeah. warm up. this is when it really gets serious that's when the lights are the brightest that's when i i turn it on you know <laughs> it's all about stepping up in big moments i appreciate yeah. that that's uh that's a great way to start football season and we like you said dude it's like losing a preseason bet nobody everybody loses preseason bets it's right. just right. you know everybody needs that warm-up you got to get it out so you can right. start winning that's exactly. how it works that's a huge night shout out to uh uh what's uconn's head coach's name uh, Jim Mora, Jim Mora, Jim Mora, yeah. Jim Mora Jr. Should have known that worked with the guy for a while, but shout out Jim. He's a great dude. Wish I remembered your name the first time. I apologize <laughs> there. Um, that's, that's as good as it starts. Who you, uh, I know we talked about this the other day, but what's Pitts is, does Pitt have a spread? Do you know the spread? How Pitts hard do we not, hammer the spread? Pitt does not have a spread. Uh, at least, at least that I've seen. Um, I've never, I've not seen any odds for them against Wofford. Um, good old Warford. Yeah. Um, so that's. A good sign, but also it's uh boring. Yeah, it's boring. It's because I mean I saw spreads last night that were like thirty six and a half or something like that. Yeah. You're telling me you can't give Pitt Wofford a little love? You can't tell me you can't put a number on that? Yeah, no. Just seems slap, a little this ridiculous. Is Vegas, man. We right. we bet anything. You slap a number on there. I'm trying to bet. I'll find something somewhere. Yeah. I don't care I'll make what my I gotta own. do. I, I you know I'll make my yeah. own line. I'm yeah yeah. I got I know some bookies, man. I was at an Italian funeral a couple of days ago. Mm. last week or something and it was just all everybody <laughs> there was just like oh, i remember back in the day when i would just drive and pick up the money i'm like do you still do that could we <laughs> could i get involved in this i'll find somebody don't you worry for the pittsburgh steelers plenty of headlines and what should be a somewhat boring weekend they're kicking it out as strong as possible the, some quality practice squad signings that we will touch on later in the podcast but some mason rudolph headlines that we most certainly have to address and the big one here pat fryermuth sat around didn't sign a new deal isn't expected to sign a new deal anytime soon but he did watch a huge tight end sign a massive deal tj hawkinson agrees to a four-year 68.5 million dollar deal with the minnesota vikings lands him 17.125 million dollars a season that is i believe just above the most the highest paid tight end annually in the NFL surpasses Darren Waller has the most guaranteed money. I believe that was just over $45 million. Huge deal. Pat Fryermuth is seemingly next on that list of big name tight ends that will get an expected massive contract. Not great for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll go over some names here in a second, but your thoughts on uh, watching the TJ Hawkinson deal. And I mean, it, it was expected that he was going to reset the market. Didn't, probably reset it as high as many expected did you have higher expectations for the deal or did you think this was a, a place you expected it to be yeah he didn't reset it at all he got like a hundred thousand no. dollars 
above the line. Um, yeah. So good for him. I mean, that's a lot of money, but I didn't really expect him to actually reset the market. Like, this isn't even a, you know, Deshaun maybe getting overpaid and resetting that quarterback market. Um, like, Deshaun felt like, you know, even at the time, like, the signing hasn't exactly worked out, but I don't know. At the time, I was like, oh, that's about as much money as you should pay for Deshaun Watson for, like, for a yeah. quarterback of his caliber. I, I, is TJ Hawkinson this good? Like, I, 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 I don't, I'm not really sure I know. Like, this, I, I get it. It's not always attached to performance, but. I don't know if I would pay $17 million for TJ Hawkinson. Like, I feel no. like you could get a guy who's just as good. And I feel like Hawkinson's just as much a product of the places that he's played as is. Because, you know, like playing with Justin Jefferson and... Kirk Cousins. Yeah, Kirk Cousins. He's not and a bad Dalvin quarterback. Cook. Yeah, but yeah, and Dalvin Cook. Like, that certainly helps you a lot. Like, I don't know, just as we connect this to Pat Fryermuth, like... Yeah, I get it. This isn't always tied to talent, and the, the best player doesn't always get paid the most money, but... It's really just the next player, but it's it's next player of like a certain cal. Yes. Just I I wonder what the line is for how good you have to be to kind of push the envelope like that and push like push the limits of a position market like that. You know, I think Pat Frymuth is good, but I think this season is going to tell us a lot about how comfortable the Steelers may or may not be, or how much the market might may or may not be pushing the same limits with with Pat Fryermuth, you know? Yeah, I agree. I agree. You look at just to just to kind of compare the two. So Hawkinson in four years, 2,587 yards, 18 touchdowns. Pat Fryermuth in two years, 1,229 yards and nine touchdowns. Literally on pace to be yeah. exactly where TJ Hawkinson is in two seasons from now. But I agree with you. Like it's about this season when it comes to Pat, how big can he be? The scary part, I mean, the good part, it's a, it's a really good thing, but when you look at the salary implications, it's a little nerve-wracking. The good part is he looks like he's going to be an animal this season. Yeah. Like By all, all indications say that him and Kenny Pickett have a crazy connection, that Pat remains Pat, and he's only going to get better as the year goes on. But at the same time, like you know, just like you said, like is he the next one on the list? I think the bigger question is, do the Pittsburgh Steelers, are they a team? Are they ever going to be a team that resets the market? You know, are they ever going to be a team that says, oh, yeah, we'll pay you. We'll make you the highest paid player at your position. I just they did it I mean, with T.J. Watt. They, they did, did it with Minka. Yeah. But even both of those, like you kind of like saw like like it was T.J. was T.J.'s different. You know, T.J. was very different. And Minka was different as well compared to Pat Fryermuth. But like Minka was the highest paid safety for like 35 minutes. You know, and then it yep. became Derwin James or whoever. And TJ was the highest paid outside linebacker, but you could like you couldn't you couldn't not make him the highest paid outside linebacker. You know, like you had this is just what like you had to do it. Um, Pat, I don't know if you do the same thing for a tight end. You know, like a tight end's not a make or break position in the NFL. I think it's like just it's tough to imagine them saying, "Oh yeah, we'll give you." We'll give you Darren Waller money. We'll give you make life difficult money. And on top of that, this is the name of guys that whose contract runs out the same year as Pat Fryermuth. Chooks Okorafor, James Daniels, Mason Cole, Deontay Johnson, Demonte KZ, Keanu Neal, Jalen Warren, Dan Moore, and Isaiah Loudermilk. Then in the following two years, depending on whether or not they pick up Kenny Pickett's fifth year option, it will be TJ Watt, Kenny, 
and George Pickens added to that list. So they literally have to resign the entire team in like the amount of time with Pat Fryermuth on that list, who will likely get a massive contract. I just think, you know, tough, tough times to say, hey, this is, you know, tight ends, just a, a tough position to say, hey, we're going to pay you a boatload of money and we'll be okay. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Especially when, you know, Darnell Washington and Connor Hayward are not as good as Pat Farmuth, yes. but those guys waiting behind him, I think the urgency to sign that deal is much lower as well. Um, and I mean, the, of those guys you listed off, like there are a lot of them that I think the Steelers could certainly live without. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Chooks is gone. Yeah, if like like James like James Daniels, you'd like to keep him around. Mason Cole, same thing. Deontay, like I can't see them. Yeah, that's he's a one year deal. He'll be thirty years old by the time that's up. Right. Like, Right. Even, you know, DeMonte KZ, Jalen yep, Warren, like if they're, uh, I don't know if we're not, if they're, if they're, if we're not thinking it's a slam dunk that they would pick up Najee's fifth year option, I can't imagine they would sign, resign Jalen Warren to anything that's, yeah, that's meaningful in, in a way that it would impact what, uh, what Pat Fryermuth makes and, and these other guys like Keanu Neal and Isaiah Laddermilk, like, um, yeah, they're no, they're, they're small deals. Yeah, yeah. One of Dan Moore or Chooks is is gone by this point. Like we're yeah. not, they're not hanging on to one of those guys for. I think Mason Cole is the same way. I think a lot of them, but it's just like it's a lot of names to. Oh yeah, you got to make choices. Replace. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like at worst case scenario, the Steelers got to find a way to, like they can't just walk into the season and be like, all right, well we let both of our starting tackles go, <laughs> our starting guard, starting center, both of our safeties, our running backs are gone, and. uh yeah, we only have one wide receiver now, so sounds good. I mean, yeah. like at, at some point they have to replace him, which I'm sure they'll do a lot of that in the draft. But just you know where the Pittsburgh Steelers are, and we talked about like the window, and we've talked about the window. The window is open, but once the window begins to shut, things get very complicated. You know, like once that, once the once it goes from like like right now everything is perfect. This is as right prime of a spot. Yeah. Yes, yes. Like if you are looking at an NFL life cycle, this is this is it, man. You've peaked. You have certainly peaked. You have all your big names signed already. You have your quarterback on a rookie deal, real cheap rookie deal, and you've no like strenuous contracts coming up in the next year. But 2 years from now, you're sitting there going, "Okay, now things are uh now things are getting tight again." And they're going to continue to get tighter as that goes on. I don't know. I don't let me ask this. Do you think that Pat's contract would ever become an issue for the Steelers to keep Pat around, knowing like how they, they value tight ends, you know, and they've been looking for a tight end for quite some time. So what do you, so do you mean like the negotiations would become an issue or like the money's an issue? The money's an issue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I could absolutely see the money being an issue. Um, I, you know, actually, I take that back because I don't think they would let it get to a point where money's an issue, quite honestly. Yeah. Like they are. I think they'll be pretty f- hard and fast about, okay, we can give you 14, 15 million and yep. you can take it or leave it. But that's where we're not like, this is not a negotiation. You can, we can go up to that point, but if not best of luck, like go get your bag. Someone will give it to you. Um, but yeah, I don't think they will. I don't think they'll be like, oh, you got us. Like we, we've got, yeah. we've got to <laughs> give you that 17 and a half or 18 million or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like, especially over, like how long would that con? Would it be four years? Four like years, probably. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, 
to get locked into that for four years, especially when you would have a, a quarterback contract and probably a number one receiver contract coming up. And then eventually like assuming Broderick's on the same path, you got to pay him too. Like this is, it's just a lot to kind of, to kind of keep on your plate. So I think they would say, fine, like you go get your money. Yeah. We've got, we've got two tight end, two young tight ends that we're, we're pretty confident in and you know, everyone can, everyone can get what they want. Um, like I, they, I'm sure they'd love to keep Pat around, but like I don't think they're going to lose any sleep about about it if he goes to sign for 18 million somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. I also think that there's part of Pat that you know if the Steelers are rolling. You know, it's tough yeah. to if they're winning. It's tough to walk away. Yeah, from a team that you know from it's like Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's never been the highest paid tight end in the NFL. I'm almost positive, and a lot of that's just because like why would you leave? Like what do you? What are you getting out of that? A couple extra million dollars? Like, cool. Go sell a Super Bowl ring, man. Like, you know, there's yeah, your go couple get an, mil- Go get an endorsement deal. That yeah. Way. Yeah. 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 Especially in Pittsburgh, dude. Your name's Pat Fryermuth. You have a chant about you. You could go get any endorsement deal you want in the mm. city of Pittsburgh. Hands down. I agree. I don't know how big of an issue it's going to be. It's definitely something to monitor. And, yeah. it, you know, it, I think it's better that the deal, I think it actually helped out the Pittsburgh Steelers that this deal was not ridiculous. You know, if it was like 80 million. 19 million dollars a year you'd be sitting there going okay this is that's a tough place to be for the pittsburgh steelers but the fact that they kept it somewhat similar to darren wallers i think you could you could figure that out a lot easier but at the same time pet fryer could go off in the next two years and we could be sitting here going okay this is a dangerous place to be (laughs) for what the pittsburgh steelers future looks like which is uh almost like a win-lose is as weird as that sounds unless they pull off a couple of super bowl rings all right, next thing I want to talk about, there's a rumor floating around, one uh, that most certainly impacts the Pittsburgh Steelers, but also impacts our boy, Stephen Thompson, quite well. was very excited to text you about this last night. For everybody who does not know, Stephen Thompson, if you haven't been around here long enough, grew up Patriots fan. Gross. We all know. Still. We all have our flaws. We Keeps tabs on uh, the good old Patriots as much as he possibly can. And currently, the New England Patriots decided they don't need quarterbacks. Who needs a quarterback in today's NFL? Not the New England Patriots. Well, they do need at least two, and they only have one. Who could be their second? Well, according to FanSided, which, you know, it's a, as a rumor, it's as made up as you could get. You know, this is not a real, these are rumors that are circulating. This is more of a what if, huge what if. They believe that a Patriots-Steelers trade could give Mac Jones the backup that he needs, saying that Mason Rudolph could be an option for the New England Patriots before the start of the regular season. A team that could value a guy that is well-liked in the locker room, definitely a professional, has been in the league for quite some time, and uh, is currently a third stringer on the Pittsburgh Steelers roster. They negotiate, or they uh, predict, I guess, a trade just one for one swap Mason Rudolph in exchange for a 2024 fifth round pick from the New England Patriots longtime Patriots fan himself Stephen Thompson what are your thoughts uh no thank you um I <laughs> look I think I think you didn't say anything incorrect about Mason he is yeah. liked in the locker room um got some experience uh is he the backup that Mac Jones needs? I don't, I don't know about that. Um, I, I really, I truly do not understand 
what the Patriots are thinking and what they are doing. Um, Cause they were able to Most get, they, they cut two of their backup quarterbacks and then brought them back on the practice squad. So I don't, both of them came back to the practice squad. Like I don't, yeah. I don't get yeah. that at all. Maybe um, they misunderstood the rule of you could keep three active on game days, and they think that it's just practice squad guys that you can keep <laughs> active on game yeah. days. Maybe that that would be a, yeah, that would be something. But I don't, I, I like, I, I also don't know what direction the the Patriots are looking. Like whether it's like, oh, we got to make the playoffs now, or yeah. Because the way they build their defense, it seems like, oh, we got to win now. The way they build their offense, like, eh, we have all the time in the world. Like, we don't care. Um, I still feel like even if you are not looking for the playoffs, though, you need to have two quarterbacks on your roster. Like, well, Yeah, just... but why does Mason Rudolph have to be that quarterback? Oh, they did get Matt Corral. They got Matt Corral last night. Oh, they did get Matt Corral. They so, did get I mean, Matt Corral. Yeah, I mean, wouldn't trip. I mean, like, even a future fifth-round pick, I probably wouldn't do that for Mason Rudolph, but... If you need, because he would end up, he could end up being the backup even with Matt Corral's there. Yeah, Matt but, Corral's never really turned out to be what Carolina yeah. expected him to be. I just think, okay, so what about the Steelers side of this? Makes a ton of sense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, get him yeah. out of here. Go sign a quarter. It doesn't matter who you sign. Just go sign a quarterback for a fifth round pick. The craziest part about that is like that number is ridiculous. Where you looked at that and you'd be like, a fifth round pick? Are you serious? Omar Khan would probably get that done. Like that would be. If, it, if the baseline's a seventh-round pick for Mason Rudolph, which is that's where I believe that it is, Omar could possibly get a fifth-round pick. But he does, yeah, he's an no, act for. I'm sorry. Yeah. Good. No, no, no. What I was saying is, at the same time, Mason sat around for like three months. Nobody gave him a single phone call. So, does anybody? Is anybody call him now? Like, does anybody want him now? I don't know. Right. Right. Yeah. Like his his value isn't going up i mean i guess it no. you know it goes up with every quarterback that goes down with an injury but like yeah i mean omar khan does have a knack for pulling off trades that seem ridiculous in hindsight you're like yes really that's what it took to you know like that's that's how much it took to get this player um so that end of it not particularly surprising um and that would obviously be a huge win for the steelers again get like get something for someone who is going to contribute next to nothing actually you know tangible on the field yes absolutely a win but that's also what makes me think well why would anyone else do that like this is because i think i think eventually someone's going to not catch on to what omar khan's doing because he's you know done it three times already i was gonna say so like if you haven't caught on by now like what what are you doing um i just i would love to be a fly on the wall when he's like yeah, give me uh, what did they get for Kendrick Green? Uh, for fifth a round, sixth, sixth. When he when he's on the phone saying, "I would like a sixth round pick for Kendrick Green," and yeah, like, and yep. somebody's like, "Yeah, okay, Sounds yeah, sure, good. sounds good." Uh, like, dude, it- I get it. The Texans were in a bad spot, but with, with offensive linemen, but like, I, dude, even yeah. a fourth for Kevin Dotson, fourth yeah. for Kevin Dotson. Like, I don't care if you swap picks; it's a fourth round pick that you just got for Kevin Dotson. I agree. I agree. And like the craziest part about Omar Khan and I just the guy, you look at the guy, you talk to the guy, you know, we've, we've talked to Omar Khan so many times at this point, he is like, he is the last person that would strike me as this guy's, this guy is, this guy's going to get it all done. You know, like like tough negotiator. Like he does not come off that way. Yeah. No, comes off as a sweet, kind guy. 
who I mean, every time I talk, last time I talked to him, we talked about Disney World, you know, <laughs> and how like taking your family to Disney and where I should move in to start a family. Like that's where that's what we talked about. And then he probably left that that room or that con that conversation, and like twenty four hours later was on the phone, just like, yeah, man, I don't care that you want a sixth round pick. Okay, we're taking nothing less than a fourth. Let's get it done. And then it happened. Like yeah, yeah I just yeah, he's yeah, he's. I think if anybody's gonna get anything from Mason Rudolph, it's gonna be Omar Khan, a fifth round pick. Maybe, maybe. I'm say this: like, it, you can't walk into a season with one quarterback. I don't think you could walk into the season with two quarterbacks. I don't know why they didn't keep Bailey Zappi around. That one didn't make any sense to me. But I don't. Mason kind of strikes me as a Bill Belichick kind of guy. You know, real boring. Could throw football. Listens very well. That's that's really uh, that's the, all I know the, about the guy. I just think it's the things we are doing to try to like. I I would be awful at selling Mason on the phone. Oh like, yeah. If I was making this trade, I would be. It would be like, yeah, really good in the locker room. He can throw uh, an NFL football. He can hold it in his hands, and he can, you know, <laughs> These he's are all he's, the things he could do. He has been employed by an NFL team for several years now. I, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't really know what to say. I, I would, That's all you could say. What else? Are you gonna, well, he tied the Lions once. Um, he got benched for a guy named Duck Hodges, whose biggest accomplishment in life is dating a country singer. That was Ben Roethlisberger hated him, hated him. Um, well, I mean, I can't. And he's been that. he's been knocked out more than once in his NFL career. So by two guys that in two instances that I mean, Earl Thomas did not like we all know what happened to Earl Thomas. Like, a rough way to end your NFL career there and to go out, you know, would have definitely would have bang rough bang, but a bang. And Miles Garrett in an incident incident that, you know, but if we're being honest, I mean, and not to not to not to crap on on Boston, but they'd they'd probably be all about that guy. You know, they'd be like, oh, this guy's this guy's <laughs> this sketchy. Gets it. This guy gets it. Yeah. yeah like <laughs> this guy's shady. He might be a bit of a scumbag and uh, nobody likes him. Maybe this is maybe this is our quarter. I'm just just from what I know. I mean, you you talk to yeah. you talk to any professional athlete about playing in Boston, man, and it's not yeah. good. Maybe, yeah. maybe. I don't know. You can be you can be a scumbag athlete in Boston, but you better be good. Like I don't know. Not like, if you're a third string quarterback. Who cares? Well, I don't know. It well, it depends on what kind of scumbag you're being. You know, like. If you're just like yelling at people from the bench, <laughs> then like you know who can, like people will love oh, yeah, that. They'll yeah, eat yeah. that stuff up. But I don't know if you're like if you get into a game and you're like talking trash to someone and then you like throw a pick or something. Like oh, it's over. Yeah, you're getting booed. Like I don't and like they, you know if you if you're gonna if you're gonna be a scumbag, you gotta like back it up. You know you gotta and also like yeah. how much you know it, you know how much as as a quarterback can you like you know talk some trash and then like get into it with guys you know it's not like yeah. it's not like you're an offensive lineman or defensive lineman where you can like because you know when a quarterback does something that's like you know gritty or scrappy you know, people just get mm -hmm. annoyed by it you know like they oh yeah All they the don't time. like they're not like oh yeah this guy's just competitive you know he like loves to win <laughs> like no it's like i think everyone looks at you like a like a scumbag if you're like, yeah, like you know. shut up. Okay. Yeah. Shut up. You're supposed to be quiet. You're you already know? the most protected person on the field and you're, yeah. you're trying to, yeah, trying to start yeah. something. Yeah. People don't, people don't love that. I don't know, man. I think that, I think Mason and Boston, it might work out better than, better than we know. Seems like a Bill Belichick kind of guy for a fifth round pick all day, every single day. If you weren't a new England Patriots fan, we'd be sitting here and you'd be all about that life.
because if if you were yeah, a Pittsburgh Steelers if, fan, if, you'd be like, oh yeah, let's get it. Let's yeah, if it. I was if I was a fan of the team not getting fleeced, then I would love it. If, but yes, as a exactly. fan of the team that would get fleeced, <laughs> I I hate it. I hate it very much. Yeah, I know, I know. But I mean, shows you good sides, and uh, look at I. You might get fleeced. You might if if, if anybody's going to fleece you, it's going to be Omar Khan, the Khan mm-hmm. artist. He knows what he's doing. Fifth round pick for Mason Rudolph seems uh, seems like a good win for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Seems yeah, like for them, it's them. great. It's awesome. That's yeah, but they'd love that. That yeah, yeah. Nobody be complaining. Nobody be complaining. All right. Last thing I want to talk about here: uh, the Steelers added. I think they're at thirteen, maybe fourteen guys at this point to their practice squad. Two very notable names, I guess. Three very notable names. They bring back Braden Fajoko, which I think was an absolute steal to be able to add him to your practice squad. Gotta love that one. Then they bulked up their cornerback room even more by adding Anthony Brown, former Dallas Cowboy, who's got 69 games of starting experience in his career, including 12 last year for the Cowboys, uh, nine interceptions, 50, 59 pass deflections, and they didn't stop there. They went out and got another starting corner or a starting defensive back, I should say, and former uh, Jacksonville Jaguars fourth-round pick, Josiah Scott, who has 35 games of experience, four starts with the Eagles last season, uh, and recorded two interceptions for them in the 2022 campaign. I mean, practice squad-wise, Pittsburgh Steelers, man. Yeah, clean it up. Clean it up. Killed it. How did Braden Fajoko not get signed by someone else? I have no idea. Tanner Muse got signed by somebody, and Braden Fajoko did not. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Braden Fajoko, like, probably should have made the 53, man. Like, he was that good. Um... But yeah, that's that's a huge win. And then I, I do think it's like I do think it's interesting that they keep adding to the cornerbacks. You know, yeah. I get just practice squad guys, but these are names. Like these are guys who've who've played. Um, yeah. I mean, do like do you think they're really concerned about what they have right now at cornerback? I don't know if they're super concerned, but I think that they understand that anything could happen. You know, I don't think that they're I think of any position that they have right now, they look at cornerback as the their things could go awry. You know, we could have some some hiccups here at the cor- at the cornerback position. And I just think that they'd like to be ahead of the curve, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? So if it does happen, I don't think that they're going to walk in and like make a change or anything, and I don't think that this has any reflection on a certain player, but I do think that they look at the group as a whole and say Okay, maybe uh, maybe things could go bad, and we need to have backup plans just in case, especially because if Desmond King, you know, there's been a lot of talk about where Desmond King's going to play. I don't know if he's going to play inside or outside mainly. I, I couldn't tell you. But if he's a guy that they say is only suitable on the inside, Anthony Brown's a guy that's suitable on the outside, so maybe that's, you know, where you make the change there, or maybe Channing Sullivan bounces out. I just think that they want... I, th- I think that they they had options throughout the summer. They didn't have options throughout the summer, and I think now that they now they're just trying to have options, you know, yeah. just to say like, okay, look it, we'll just we'll just keep testing everybody out in different places until something clicks, and we'll make that work. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think it's like a oh Joey Porter Jr. isn't ready or Patrick Peterson makes us nervous. I think it's just like that's the one position they couldn't solve during the summer, so they got to figure it out now. Yeah, yeah. I do also get what you're saying. Like it's a I think there's a wide range of outcomes possible with this. Like Pat Pete's a little older. Like he gets oh, yeah. he could get hurt real easily. Um but I think also like even with 
with Joey, like there's a wide range of he could be he could be a star and be ready to go right away. Yep. Or he could need like a lot more time than we think. Uh, and he could, you know, just be a pure backup for right now. Mm-hmm. Um and I think like there are guys that are there are other guys that are like that too. Like you the top end of your quarter cornerback room, I don't think you absolutely know what you're going to get out of all of them. I mean, I think Levi Wallace is a pretty steady I think there's yeah. a lot of talent, but there's not a lot of like, oh, I'm certain that, you know, I'm certain that this guy is going to play this way and be this durable and we're going to get him for a whole season doing these these types of things. Like there is a, yep. like I said, a wide range of outcomes possible throughout the season. Yeah, yeah. I think that they have, just like you said, one certain, that certain is Levi Wallace. Outside of that, they want to protect themselves. You know, and yeah. we could go a whole year without Anthony Brown or Josiah Scott getting called up. But we could go one game where one of them's on the active roster, you know. Yeah, it could be and like I just that. Think, what was it the the Bills game or the? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With yeah. Josh Jackson, who's not on an NFL roster. I realized that yeah. yesterday, two days ago. I was looking at guys that got cut. He didn't even spend the summer with anybody. Like, really? Yeah, the guy had an impressive little run with the Steelers last year. Is a former <laughs> like third round pick or something out of Iowa, right? And I, I thought he was like a. I thought he was even higher than that because I remember. I remember that year he came out of Iowa and he was Kansas. At least in Kansas. That, oh, came Josh, out of Kansas. Oh, okay, okay. There might have been out of Iowa. There was a different Jackson from Iowa who because they had two corners at one point that were just shut down. Like they were, they were so good. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's that 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 makes a little bit more sense. But uh, yeah, no, that's that's really weird. Like, do people just not need? corners oh right no now. he is from iowa he is from iowa you're right but this Not is what this is what i this is what i was like there was there was obviously going to be guys with starting experience starting caliber players who were getting cut mm-hmm. off of nfl rosters so like why, why are we keeping james pierre like that's my yep like that's, that's my the, that was my that's that's another question is like maybe or another thought there is like maybe it's not about maybe it's not about Joey Porter or Patrick Peterson or anybody. Maybe it's if James stinks in in game one and he just isn't it on special teams. Well, we got two other options that we could just bounce up real quick. I'm sure both of them will be protected. I think you can't protect anybody till like Tuesday or something, but I would imagine both of them are protected. And maybe that is the case because that's a good argument right there. Like Anthony Brown is definitely better than James Pierre. You know, mm-hmm. Josiah Scott's probably better than James Pierre. I don't know how good they are on special teams, but just defensively, like I, if you're building a roster, you're not keeping James Pierre over either of those guys. You know why yeah. would you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Like why? And I don't know. Maybe this is a longer term plan than than we're than we're kind of looking right now. But that was yeah. that was like the whole thing. Like why would you? I, I don't know. That made no sense to me to keep James Pierre at the time. It makes even less less sense now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But win for the Steelers to get both those guys on the practice squad. We'll see what happens after week one. I don't expect to change until then, but James goes in there for one snap and screws up. Man. Yeah. It's, it's, Anthony Brown's about to get a call up. Yeah. And we're going to go from there. It's pressure on him and pressure on him for like not to like make something out of not a lot of snaps, which is. Yep. Very tough. minimal snaps and special teams. Like he's got a quiet special teams day. He's a week. He's three days away from being on the practice squad. Yeah. That's, that's what he is. All right, with that, we're heading out of here. Thank you guys so much for jumping on to another episode of All Steelers Talk. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash All Steelers Talk, and find us anywhere you get your podcast. Check out all of our work at allsteelers.com. And as the Pit Panthers kick off against Wofford, 
There you go. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got it. it took all of uh, two weeks, but Wofford. On Saturday, check out all that action at InsideThePanthers.com. Enjoy a beautiful Labor Day weekend in the Berg. Peace.